Hello and welcome to Cup of Tea with UHB Charity, a hospital charity podcast that focuses on inspiring stories from our NHS staff and patients from across our hospitals in Birmingham. I am your host, Ella Igledon. Make sure to tune in each Friday for a new episode. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please send an email to charities at uhb.nhs.uk. I would love to hear from you. Welcome back to a brand new episode. This week I'm joined with Martin Searle, a well-known name at UHB Charity for his incredible passion to raise vital funds, especially for the new transplant centre. Martin joins me to talk about the importance of organ donation and letting your family know your decision. You might think that once you, you've left this earth, that's it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it all comes back to your family who will get the final say in what happens to your organs. So it is really, really important that you speak to them first so they know exactly what to do when you do leave this earth. Um, no matter what organ it is, uh, the, you, you know, it could just be, I'll leave my kidneys, but that's it. It, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is talk to your family about the, your wishes when you leave this earth. Martin has had two kidney transplants and is the manager of the Birmingham Adult Transplant Sports Team, a team I urge you to check out and either support or join yourself if you are pre or post transplant. And before we get in with this episode, I wanted to bring to your attention some exciting news for your Friday, or whatever day you decide to listen to this on. We are excited to announce an extra special lottery draw on August the 12th, where there will be a bumper first prize of £3,000, a second prize of £100, a third and fourth prize of £50, and a fifth and sixth prize of £10. Buy your tickets to be in with a chance of winning an amazing cash prize. First place cash prize kindly sponsored by Wesleyan and tickets must be purchased by 12pm Wednesday the 10th of August to be entered. Draw will take place at UHB Charity on Friday the 12th of August and it's over 18s only. So to take part go to hospitalcharity.org forward slash shop forward slash product forward slash summer bumper draw. It is also posted across our social media platforms if you search for UHB Charity. I know that's quite a lot to remember. So best of luck with that and definitely get involved if you can. I am Martin Searle, I'm 53 years old, transplant recipient of two kidneys, uh, first one in 1997, which I uh, knew about for probably about six to seven months prior to the, having the transplant. That's how long I literally spent on dialysis. Pre-dialysis, I was put on a diet, uh, I was given medication to control my blood pressure because that's the main thing that they look out for as far as you know, a, a failing um, kidney is concerned. And basically when the day came uh, for me to go into the hospital to have the transplant, I'd spent for it. Yes, you're always anxious. Yes, you're always nervous, uh, sitting on the edge of your seat every time the phone rings. You don't know who it is. Uh, is it that call? Uh, because you're constantly waiting for it. You want it to happen uh, to stop you from um, going through the dialysis process. Yeah, you do go through traumas. Um, the transplant itself is a bit of a trauma. But the best things are after the transplant. The best things are, are to come for you after you've received the transplant. You know, get back to a normal life as best as you possibly can. Yeah, you're still going to be on medication for the rest of your life, but 
small price to pay for a, a big thing like a transplant, which puts you in a position where you can live your life. Let's go back to your first transplant. So warning signs and symptoms. Did you live a fairly healthy life before that? Was, was there no complications? Did this kind of come out of nowhere? What warning signs and symptoms, if there were any, did you have? Um, it was mainly uh, blood pressure, um, an increase in blood pressure. My GP first noticed this and obviously referred me to the kidney doctors who I was already seeing and uh, they went through the next stage as far as trying to get your blood pressure under control, uh, sorting a diet out uh, that will make it the progress towards the transplant last a little bit longer, which it did because I went through this process in 19... 96 at the beginning of 1996 and it wasn't until January 1997 when I needed to go on to dialysis and I was on dialysis for six maybe seven months before I received the call to uh, have a transplant. Prior to that I was feeling absolutely great doing as much as I possibly could still working being involved with sport uh, even fundraising so uh, did a, an half marathon with a dustbin on my back for, uh, for kidney related research that was going on at the time uh, so yeah I was d- doing a bit back then and st- still are now. And with your second transplant did you have the same warning signs and symptoms did this one kind of creep out of nowhere or was it exactly the same like the first time you experienced it? The second transplant uh, it was basically you're being told that your transplant was failing and that you will need another transplant at some point. The symptoms were different because you didn't really feel the effects uh, that you felt with the first transplant as far as blood pressure problems were concerned. I think mainly it was suffering with a lot of tiredness and fatigueness. My blood pressure seemed to be fine up until I had the transplant. I opted for CAPD dialysis again, uh, which is basically liquid glucose you did uh, four times a day, bag exchanges. That suited me just great. I could literally do, do, uh, do that process anywhere I wanted, whether it was at home, in an office. Um, I did it in um, sports centres. I did it at co- um, universities where me, me son and my daughter were. Uh, I had no problems with this. It's just a case of keeping on top of your hygiene at all times, keeping yourself as clean as you possibly can, uh, especially where uh, your exit site is, where the uh, catheter comes out for you to do the draining and yeah um, at that particular time as well I was giving advice to other people who were um, either starting or on that process as well Uh, for instance there was one guy um, who liked to go watch the cricket at Worcester and um, he was being introduced to uh, CAPD dialysis and uh, we were talking he says one thing I am going to miss is the cricket so I said why have you gone and missed your cricket for and he says well you can't do dialysis while you're watching the cricket tosses. You may not be able to. But if you call the uh, cricket ground and ask them if they've got a medical room, you're able to do your dialysis exchange there. And that's the beauty about the experiences that you gain going through this whole process. You know, you can literally educate others that are either being worked up to it or are on it. There's, there's never a, a never, if you know what I mean. You cannot not do anything. How did you feel being told the second time that you needed a transplant? Did you feel like you could cope with it because you knew kind of what to expect? You'd been through the process before or did it kind of make you go 10 step backwards? Was it quite hard on your mental health? Like how how did you handle being told again, do you know what, this, you're going to have to go through this. It's going to be traumatic again. How do you get through that for someone else that's going through another transplant? 
At first, it wasn't um, a problem of being told. Um, a transplant, as I say, will never last forever. Um, although in some instances, I know people that have gone for in excess of 40 years with, with a transplant. Uh, but the most amazing thing and the experiences from all of this is the fact that you're seeing some fantastic doctors within the hospital. And if it wasn't for those doctors, you would probably be knocked for six not backwards, as you say, into a stage of oblivion and never come back out of it. But, you know, if I was told tomorrow you're going to be in need of a third transplant because of the wonderful staff here at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, you just get through it. You know, it's a case of either do or don't. And if, if you don't, the circumstances are dire and you don't want to go through that process. So if the opportunity is there for you to get a transplant, Go for it. Never step back, never look back. Always look forward, look at the positive things that are going to come out of it. Yeah, as I say, you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life, but it's a small price to pay for a, a, a big thing that you're going to go through. And yes, you can come through it. I've come through it twice myself. I go through off days, as everybody does. So I go through uh, good days. Uh, the good days far outweigh the, uh, the, the worst days. And there's always people that you're able to talk to in the, in the transplant world community. So uh, you're not alone. Don't hesitate to come out if you're having problems. Speak to somebody, because that's what it's all about. And there are people, want some wonderful and amazing people out there that you can speak to. And in terms of anxieties around having a transplant, how did you honestly prepare yourself, if you can in any way, mentally, when you're about to go for a transplant? Do you remember what you did on both occasions to kind of calm your nerves, to make you feel a bit better about the situation? What advice would you give from being someone that's been through it twice? Did anything work for you? I think the best thing really as far as coping with anxiety is concerned is keep yourself occupied as much as you possibly can, whether it's reading a book, doing a slow walk, just do literally anything to keep things out of your mind as far as when's that phone going to ring, when am I going to get these transplants? As I say, talk to people. You know that that's that's the best thing you can possibly do uh, to take the anxieties out out of the way. Even if it's from calling your doctor, if you need to, you know, speak speak to them. They're always there to help you. They're always there to guide you. They're always there to give advice if you need it. Never tempting yourself to get out of anything you know it, it's going to happen but it's being a patient patient if you know what i mean um on the run-up to getting that transplant um keep yourself as active as you possibly can um as fit as you possibly can because that's going to be uh, a wonderful thing for you to be, be doing post-transplant um the fitter you are the more easier it is for you to recover um the better you're feeling yourself the more easier it is for you to come out of it a better person. Um, you know, if you if you're staying idle before before getting that call, um, you're going to cause more complications than ever. If if anything, uh, they always tell you after you've had your transplant. Um, by being active, no matter how excessive it may be, uh, it can help you mentally, physically, psychologically. So, yeah, just keep yourself active in, in all ways you possibly can. Uh, mentally, reading a book, reading a newspaper, doing puzzles, whatever. And physically, by whatever means you possibly can, walking, running if you're capable of doing it, uh, swimming if you're able to do, do that. Uh, anything to take your mind off the fact that this call is coming, but when? 
because nobody knows when it's just a case of waiting and in terms of recovery do you want to talk a bit about what both times have been like recovering how long you were in hospital for and how long did it take for you to feel like yourself again as much as you could before having a transplant what was that whole recovery process like for you uh, it was difficult at first obviously because you're in a lot of pain after you've come out of the transplant they give you painkillers obviously to remedy that um, but I think that the thing that helped me personally was uh, it was a case of wanting to get myself out of the hospital because you recover better out of the hospital so what I used to do was literally when I possibly could after the transplant was paying the ward I was forever walking up and down the ward get you, get the, the blood circulating in your body get yourself moving and um, working as best you possibly can and uh, that really helped as far as the recovery process uh, was concerned and um, obviously you, you, you're backwards and forwards to the hospital quite a lot to start off with after your transplant sorting your medication out and making sure your blood pressure's fine everything's working with your kit with your, your, your transplant so you have to take all that out of your mind just listen to the doctors do what they tell you to do if they tell you to jump six foot in the air you, you try your best to do it but you know you, you, you're going through this process where you've just come out of a, a massive surgical process and it takes time uh, to for your body to heal and then it takes even more time for you to recover back to some kind of normality as you were be, uh, before your transplant so yeah it takes time but do what you possibly can um, listen to your doctors uh, listen to your consultants uh, physiotherapists if they're involved with your uh, recovery process it, it, it all becomes like a set second nature uh, in life apart from the fact that you've got a, a new organ that you're living with and you're grateful for you know it's a case of look after that organ as best as you possibly can by looking after yourself as possibly as poss- as much as you possibly can uh, drink the fluids stick to an healthy li- uh, lifestyle uh, diet wise w- watch what you eat but do some activity don't just sit there and do nothing it really helps and um, you know you go through these mental uh, processes by doing those three things really helps with that process as well and obviously keep on talking to your family, your friends, uh, the, the doctors, you know, the, the doctors are amazing here and they, they give the best advice you possibly can hope for. Uh, but obviously keeping your family and your friends involved with everything that you're doing, everything that you're up to and getting them involved where you possibly can, best thing for you to do ever after you've had a transplant. You've just mentioned your family there. How did your family cope having to see the person that they love go through to very big transplants and what advice do you have to other families is there anything that worked for your family and how have you all got through this it's obviously a difficult process for them to go through because you know you're usually living um, in an house or um, property somewhere and you're very close to one another Um, obviously under the circumstances you can't be there all the time yeah you're probably talking via facebook or on the phone uh but you you know you you need that support behind you to get through the process you're going through and you rely on that support Uh, so never move away from the support network that you have um it can help you pre-transplant it can help you post-transplant and obviously while you're in the hospital you need them there for you for you as well 
Um, yes, it is a, a, a nervous process for your family to go through, uh, but it, the, the, again, the doctors are there for them to talk to. Uh, I know my wife spoke to uh, knowing the doctors to um, let, um, find out what was happening and uh, how things were going. Um, she wanted to keep, be kept up to date all the time, and it, it, it is a good thing, you know, that they're part of everything that's happening in your life. So yeah, make, make it a, a family thing, make it a family orientated thing. Uh, you're going through this process together, and it can be hurtful for uh, all involved with it, uh, but stick to the support network where you can and um you'll get you'll get through it it's 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 a very traumatic process you're going through but that support network means an awful lot for you when you come out of it the other end and the, the bigger the support network the better it'll be for you and going back to recovery do you want to talk a little bit about the adult transplant sports team and your involvement in it and how important it is to you because you've obviously been doing this for a while now and it's helped change your mindset after a transplant as well and all of you that get together are really wonderful people that have connected over something that is quite traumatic but you're all still here do you want to talk a bit about it and how other people can get involved that have had transplants so the uh, the british transplant games uh, it's been going since 1978 uh, my first one was in 1999. Uh, first one that took part in was on Old Turf here in Birmingham. Um, fantastic event for transplant recipients, donor families, and they've introduced um, a, a, a family-based um, smaller um, type of games for, for them as well now. Uh, but yes, it's it's a fantastic event to be part of. Uh, you get to meet others in the same situation as yourself. You get to speak of uh, your own experiences. You get to learn about other people's experiences and what they've been through. And you get to speak to their families and the organisers of the games and uh, many other people uh, involved with this. Um, NHSPT, they're fantastic people to uh, speak to about your experiences and they're fantastic people also to give advice uh, but yes uh, the, the 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 Birmingham Adult Transplant Sport Team is now up to probably 50 to 60 people who will be competing for the team in Leeds next year uh, which is uh, one to look out for I'll be partying big time because we've missed the last two years but it's all about uh, promoting and uh, raising the bar as far as organ donation is concerned uh, that's what we're, we're all about we're all very grateful for the the chance of the second life for getting this fantastic gift of life it's uh, one of the most precious gifts of life you can ever hope to get if you're ever in need of it touch wood i hope you, ne- you never are uh, but the problem with this is you, you could be fine today tomorrow you could be told oh you need a, an organ transplant um, and the british transplant games is a fantastic place to learn all about it and be part of it it's um uh, got a fantastic coverage from some fantastic supporters, some fantastic sponsors. Um, it's just building up now where we're trying to get the media involved with it as much as we possibly can. And uh, thanks to this fantastic charity, UHB Charity, they're on board with us and they're doing fantastic work introducing this new transplant centre here at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Very much looking forward to the day that that opens. Uh, it can do so much uh, for so many people. It's untrue. And you touched that a little bit about the importance of organ donation. Now, this is probably a bit of a difficult question, but what would you say to someone, you've obviously been through this twice now, what would you say to someone that 
hasn't had that conversation with family about organ donation you're someone that's been through it and you've had to go through it it's a really traumatic process but you're so grateful for that person for the two people that have helped save your life what would you say to someone that's sat there that doesn't know what option they want to take can you describe how important it is to you and I, I just want people to know how important organ donation is and the difference that they'll actually make to someone's life because it is a personal choice and there's never any judgment if people don't want to but I think it's great to hear from someone that's had to go through that and the difference it's made to your life and your family's life is there anything you would say to someone that didn't know what option to take uh, organ donation is a very important topic if you're thinking of going through that process that you want to donate your organs when you leave this earth, talk to your family. Uh, it's the best thing that you can do. Uh, speak to them about what organs you want to be left to. The person's going to receive them um, after you leave this earth. There may be some of the organs that you don't want to leave. Um, a lot of people are saying that uh, when I leave this earth, I don't want my eyes touched, for instance. But it is the most important thing. Um, uh, you, you may think that once you, you've left this earth that's it uh, but at the end of the day uh, it all comes back to your family who will get the final say in what happens to your organs so it is really really important that you speak to them first so they know exactly what to do when you do leave this earth um, no matter what organ it is uh, the, you, you know it could just be I'll leave my, my kidneys but that's it. it it doesn't matter the most important thing is talk to your family about the, your wishes when you leave this earth uh, you can't do any any worse than, than that and it makes life an all lot easier come the day uh, for your family to make the final decision which which it will be down to them. Do you have any advice to someone that's just been through a transplant so some of the people that I speak to patients that are waiting for a transplant or had one have something called survivor's guilt and they feel guilty for the donor's family is this something that you've been through and is there any advice that you would give to someone in that situation that's feeling tremendously guilty for living what advice would you give if you have any? As Ella has said, I've gone through two kidney transplants. Yeah, there is a little bit of guilt in the background about receiving uh, organs from uh, somebody that's deceased. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the disease or the problem that you have, you never asked for, uh, you never wanted. Um, and obviously, every single day when I wake up, I am grateful for what this um, kind family has done as far as uh, I'm deciding, making the decision to donate a loved one's organs. Um, you just have to take that out of the background uh, if you want to live your life as best as you possibly can and remain grateful and do what you can as far as the processes that you've been through uh, from start to finish you know they say if you're prepared to get an organ you must be prepared to give an organ and I stick to that I'm carrying a dollar card I've done since my first transplant when I'm gone nothing's any good to me you can take what you, what you want or what, what is any good to, uh, to be able to um, be donated as far as um, transplants are concerned uh, so yeah take that guilt out the back of your mind get on with the transplant that you've been offered make sure you recover well from it and the world's your oyster uh, live up to whatever expectations that you want to live up to get out there enjoy life and um, keep going and do you know what i have never met any transplant patient that hasn't been grateful for the new gift of life that they've been given i think a lot of you would describe it as being eternally grateful and yeah i've never met anyone that would say differently so it is so so important and shall we talk a little bit now about 
your fundraising for UHB Charity. You've done so much over the years. Do you want to touch on some of the highlights, some of your favourite things that you've done? Just a little bit of an overview of everything you've done for the charity and why did you choose UHB Charity? What got you into it in the first place? Uh, fundraising has always been on my mind. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's um, making that appeal process of which charity you want to support or which charities you want to support. As far as I'm concerned, and as far as my family's concerned, you know, it, it, it very much feels as though I owe something to this, this hospital for the fantastic work that they, that they do do. I've had three, uh, I've lost three brothers from the uh, all port syndrome, the disease that um, I've got. Um, obviously, it's an hereditary disease. Um, one brother was only 23 when I lost him um, in 1975. Uh, he's under the old Queen Elizabeth Hospital as it was then, uh, received fantastic treatment even back then. Um, so, yeah, um, I would never think twice about not supporting uh, UHB charity. I've um, been doing it since, well, before the charity begun even. You know, I did uh, a, a, a half marathon for uh, kidney research uh, in the early 90s, which um, I thoroughly enjoyed as I enjoyed doing everything now. My most recent one is a snooker event that I, I did at Snook Snooker, um, local snooker snooker club where I play. Uh, we, uh, myself and the owner of the club played uh, frame of snooker with a joke cue ball. Um, it was basically a eat and out process. Um, we raised £760 from it uh, for the new transplant centre. And it gives you such a fantastic feeling when you're able to do something like that to see what a difference it makes and what a difference it's going to make to so many people lives and, and knowing that you've done that uh, for a fantastic charity you know makes it even more the um, the, the best to smile about uh, so yeah if, if you're able to give the UHB charity any support you possibly can I recommend it um, they, they do fantastic work for the, uh, the Queen Elizabeth Hospital uh, for the staff for the patients uh, they benefit from everything they do so yes UHB charity keep going we love you and you were very much appreciated at UHB Charity Martin all the work that you've done throughout the years and that leads me on to talking about the new transplant centre which again you've touched on in this little interview do you want to talk about how you feel about the new transplant centre and the difference that you think it will make to patients I think it's a really exciting project and every transplant patient I've had a conversation with can't wait for it to happen what are your thoughts and feelings on it? I've only seen artist impressions and obviously the plans for the new transplant centre but the way it's being described and explained to me uh, it sounds as though it's going to be very beneficial to patients as and when it opens uh, everything they're going to be need, needing to be uh, to be seen by is all under the one roof uh, which is a fantastic thing and it will save a lot of time uh, a lot of appointments because um, at the moment you, you're giving appointments to see such a person and another person and another person on different days so being being able to see them all on the same day under the same roof is a fantastic way to go and it's going to be beneficial not only to the patient but to the consultants as well because it's going to free up their time uh, to do other things that, that they couldn't possibly do maybe you know whether it's to do with research whether it's to do with uh, the future of how they administer medication or the way they do the surgery surgical processes you know it, it could free up a lot of time for them to be able to do other things in 
instead of um, what they what, what they would normally be doing now. So yes, it's a, it's a very positive thing for the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, Europe's largest transplant centre, and who knows where it's going to take them after that. You know, obviously an even bigger transplant centre, world renowned. It, it's going to be an absolute fantastic place to uh, be be looked after. Very much looking forward to it myself, and I don't say no end of other patients are as well, whether it's pre or post transplant. And I think one of the most important questions as well is how are you now health wise mentally everything how are you actually doing now very difficult one to um, answer because I've just been uh, given my test results and they're not exactly good because I've just fell behind the criteria where you're able to go into the British Transplant Games so next year is looking not too good for, for myself uh, but even that said you know um, as I've said before uh, in this interview I'm being seen by a fantastic hospital fantastic consultants fantastic doctors they're going to put me in a place where they know I should be rather than where I want to be mentally nothing's changed not really uh, I'm happy for the hospital I'm happy for the charity and I'm happy for the Birmingham all transplant sport team and most of all I'm happy for myself and the family uh, yes who knows what's going to happen in the future uh, but as far as I'm concerned now I look after myself as much as I possibly can get myself prepared for no matter what it is or it's me there's, there's a song going out there when you get knocked down you get up again uh, it was an anthem for one of the football uh, England football tour- tournaments they were in and uh, you know I always look at that on a positive side never try and let anything get you down keep, keep positive keep going stay strong be prepared for anything no matter what it is you're going to get knocked down no, no, matter, no matter what in your life but always look at things that you're able to do to reverse that process and get up and keep going transplants are a big thing if i'm in need of a third one i'll go for it it's not a problem to me i hope it's not going to cause too much of a problem to this hospital but yeah i'm under a fantastic place i'm being seen by a fantastic place and just stay positive from from all all, all and everything that goes on in life it's the only way and the best way to be with everything that's going on and everything that you've been through and I think that is a really good mindset to have even when you're given bad news or you've got those really horrible test results you're still positive UHB charity and obviously me I'm always rooting for you and I'm sure we can get you to those games still so definitely don't lose hope I'm sure it will all it will all work out and to end this interview is there anything, I don't know, in the next few weeks, months, years, is there any goals that you have, anything you're really looking forward to in life? It can literally be really basic. It doesn't have to be something really adventurous, but I always like to end on just a bit of a positive note for future goals. Is there anything that you are working on, aiming for, looking forward to? Currently, we're looking for a team sponsor. I'm speaking to a few people, one of which is somebody that's uh, sponsored our uh, newly founded volleyball team, Aaron Tox. Uh, thanks for doing that for us, Aaron. Our newly formed volleyball team are actually uh, taking part in the uh, Transplant Sport Volleyball Tournament next weekend in uh, Mansfield I'd like to wish them all the very best of luck in the world enjoy the day because that's what it's all about it doesn't matter whether you win or not uh, everybody's a winner where we're concerned because of what we've gone through uh, that's one of the first things I was told when I first uh, got involved with the um, 
uh, transplant uh, sport and the uh, British transplant games. Everybody's a winner before they do anything because they've received a transplant and they're here to tell the story from it. But yeah, looking forward in life, never give up hope. Uh, there's always something out there for, for you to be doing. There's something always out there out there for you to be enjoying. This great ch- charity keeps me going. Not new to me, but new to many others out there. Similar to something that Ella's recently got involved with, BHBN Radio. Have a listen to that. It's a fantastic station to listen to. You never know, you may get a mention on there as well by this fantastic person I'm doing this interview with. Uh, but yes, uh, always look at the good things in life. Never look at the bad. Uh, there's always things that you can do to make things a lot better for yourself. Thank you so much, Martin, for sharing your story. You truly are inspirational. You're amazing. I do hope that you know that. And as I said, we're always rooting for you. You do so much for the charity, but I always want your health to be the most important thing which it is and I know I think we'll work out so thank you for sharing your story I know that transplants are quite difficult to talk about but as I said before we started recording it is so important to share advice to share what you've been through because there might be someone listening that's really anxious really worried and if you can help just that one person think differently then that's exactly what we're aiming for so thank you so much for sharing your story a huge thank you to Martin for sharing his story. He has recently just been involved in the Queen's Baton Relay for the Commonwealth Games, a huge achievement and one he should be so proud of. And you will also be pleased to know his health has improved as well, which is just amazing. We wish Martin nothing but the absolute best for the future. And if you've made it this far, thank you. Please, can you leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? That would be much appreciated. And I'll be back same time next week. See you then.